0: Welcome to Better Homes and Dungeons. Today, um, I I am more than lucky to talk to someone whose work I've appreciated for a very, very long time. And this is also one of the people who's responsible for me being back in the Dungeons and Dragons community. So I don't know if I have enough thank you to say to you and your castmates. Um, My friend, who are you? What do you do?
1: I am Orn of... How we roll podcast. Uh, Owen Falvey, a player and co-founder of the show. So, I generally make bad puns and the easy jokes on the show.
0: The the bad puns and easy jokes is definitely what we're about. Um, how many? <laughs> how long has How We Roll been going?
1: So, How We Roll was. It was is five years. This February. Wow! Just gone. So yeah, February 15th I think was the first recording we did And we released it I think a week later So something like the 22nd of February
0: That's amazing but,
1: Yeah, we had a very... It, it's strange when you can put like an exact date on when something started But that's the, with the way the internet is and iTunes, yeah We kind of looked at it there around Christmas Saying, geez, we're doing this for a long time We're kind of thinking like it's three or four years And we're like, oh no, it's, it's going to be five So,
0: yeah it's was that, in, the, that was a Call of Cthulhu adventure, wasn't
1: it? The original one? Yes. Is it? I yes. It so originally originally we started, I think the first two years was probably, definitely 18 months was all Call of Cthulhu. So like the brainchild was, I was a big um, podcast listener, just in podcasts in general, and always kind of liked the idea of Dungeons and Dragons. And Joe, when I'd moved to Manchester, just said... Uh, a mutual friend knew Joe and said you might like him and he invited me to a and d game and then being the nerd I am I dived into podcasts on D&D and then thought being the egotist I am was like I can do this <laughs> and after about only a, maybe two months of playing D&D and maybe max 8-10 hours um, over pints I convinced Dave and Joe that we should definitely start a podcast and I think I recorded one of our sessions like I put my phone on our table without saying anything and just left it there to record and like sent them on saying it's pretty funny guys. You sh- maybe we should try it. And after six points, everyone thought it was
0: a great idea. You know. <laughs> well, look, it's it, it's not the worst origin story. I mean, what one of the no, it's, not, um... it's not the best. Well, yeah, <laughs> we got pissed, in, the <laughs> like, yeah, it, pissed it in a pub. Yeah, getting pissed in a pub is is how many wonderful things start. So I think that's that's yeah. I, I can only I mean, imagine in 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 say um england a good 200 and something years ago i know how about we send all the criminals to that god forsaken island down yeah. in the south pacific hmm, hmm? fun
1: <laughs> yeah pretty much i mean the the big thing for me was like it was it was one of these nights where we we went out to meet for a couple of drinks we thought we'd be home by half 10-11. It was like, the pub closed. They kicked us out. We went to find a late bar. Like, it was one of those kind of nights. Mm. It ended up with me saying, trust me, Joe, we'll be over in Silicon Valley. We'll be nerd kings joking. But then, obviously, last year, we got invited, luckily, to D&D Live. So I got a big, I told you so, as we are on the plane. And, like, hadn't really mentioned up to that point. And he's like, ah, I was... I hadn't mentioned it to him, but he kind of said, I was worried you'd say this. He'd remembered <laughs> it as well, going, hey, this is this is really ruining this for me, own <laughs>
0: <laughs> How dare you be right. Mm.
1: No, but look, look, it's, it's just, uh, despite the drunken hubris I had at the time, like, it's beyond my wildest beliefs or dreams that we've kept going and not killed each other for five years, let alone have any, you know, listeners.
0: Well, there was an episode of Call of Cthulhu where Dave kills... Uh, it's not Aaron, it's not Current. The other young guy. Uh, Tom Brady. In my own
1: show? Not Aaron, not Karen, not Dave. Actually, ben? No, Ben wasn't there at that stage.
0: Yeah, it was, it was one of the coolest Cthulhu games where Bart and Spencer Randall were doing a ritual... And I think Spencer went insane and just unloaded his pistol into the head of the other player character. And I thought, oh, okay, that's a game. There's, the,
1: there's been a few of them. I I was, so, I think I've been shot multiple times by, by friendly fire. Actually, yeah, I think it is Conan
0: because so, he's um South African hunter.
1: Oh, that's in the the newer show. So I'm not in that yeah. show, and I unfortunately don't really listen to it. I, I got to I'm, I'm about that's twelve right. episodes into that. Um, but yeah I mean Friendly Fire very much in Call of Duty the best times is a thing but the way we role play our characters is very much we obviously we play characters that aren't ourselves but we also turn ourselves up to 11 but then well noises (laughs) about each other as people tends to cross over in our characters like me and Dave are great great buddies and we were like when I go to Manchester and meet up with the guys it's me and Dave to go for a drink and end up chatting the longest and stuff but I drive him nuts. <laughs> so I'm often getting shot by Dave. I've been shot by Dave a couple of times. I, I, I think the, uh, the interplay
0: know? in your Curse of Strahd game between uh, Seth Thorngage and I can't remember, Ulrich. Uh, or or-
1: U- urik even though Dave, episode one he p- calls him Ulrich. Then he convinces us after about 40 episodes he's called Eric. all of a sudden. We're like, no, it's not. That's not how it works. <laughs>
0: yeah, you failed yeah. that deception rule, Dave. Yeah,
1: so yeah but look that's that's part of the fun and and like it's always how we've i say how we've ran the game we, we ran it for only really about a month or two beforehand but it's always how like joe let us have our own toys and much like i imagine not to have my own kids but letting kids work out for themselves until they kill them each other like you just step in just before they kill each other you know
0: that's generally the idea that that well, i mean that's what works for me and, and, and my two boys so far um Actually, one one memory I have is in one of your early games of Call of Cthulhu, you were playing the priest, John Royce, I think his name was, and you were, exactly going, it, yeah. Yeah, you were going hand-to-hand with the demon and you yelled out, and it was just the most lovely, joyous moment in a game, you were yelling, I am Chuck Norris, and it was one of my, <laughs> like, I need to get into these games again. I need to do yeah. this. So, thank you again for that. I
1: appreciate it. Like, I f- yeah, you forget the things he did. I I, I remember the moment that happened. Like, cause I I should have died. I would, I did what I did, thinking uh, one of us is going to die here, and the role play makes sense that my character will sacrifice himself here. And then I just critted my way for like three rows. Like that's where I was like, oh, I'm not gonna die. I'm Chuck Norris. Basically, was the the vibe, you know.
0: It was it was it was great. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we do have some questions um, from some people. Um, Ben Clifford has asked if Owen could cast one cantrip in real life what would it be?
1: Um, Well one immediately jumps out but there's so many cantrips I don't want to jump to go on but I think I think the first instinct is probably right it's like Mage Hand just seems like I'm a lazy person first off so there's that side of it but it just seems too practical in like awkward situations when you can't reach around the corner or like you know you're you're fixing something at home when you're trying to reach for a screw or you're holding mm-hmm. up a shell for something. It just seems like it'd be so much... There's so much uses for it. And then just just messing with people, it also would be funny. So I think I think Mage Hand probably works.
0: I, I will confess, I either lean towards Mage Hand for all the same reasons you just gave, or press the digitation. Simply because yeah. being able to do my laundry, like, thump, 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 just makes you think it yeah, actually that sounds great
1: yeah that that was the second one that kind of came to mind and then I was like the other one like I haven't used that many ca- even though I play spellcasters a lot like I play tricksters and rogues usually or bard sorry usually it's like they're the two I've used major image minor image are like the, the other spells I think are fun and they're not even cantrips I'm like yeah I guess they're the two I've only ever used you know no that's
0: all I imagine Thaumaturgy would also be great for making an entrance.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I do have the thing with Saf where I just, like, produce business cards all the time with prestidig- Prestidigitation, <laughs> which is. Someone needs to rename that spell. It's a great spell, but it's needlessly tongue twistery. It is.
0: It's. Yeah. Um, and Ben has another question. Um. Mm-hmm. His other question is favorite thing about playing online and favorite thing about playing at the same table in real life. Um I'm
1: thinking I'm wondering is this Ben from there's an Irish show called Homebrew and I think that's the same Ben. Um uh, the
0: handle is uh, at ben j o u r.
1: Uh maybe if it is Ben uh, I enjoyed the, your show so <laughs> cheers for that. Um the best thing about playing online is the mats is done for the players who, so everyone has a player who either isn't prepared or turn or isn't ready to go but like a lot of the maths <laughs> is done and the rolling is done in roll in 20, like a lot mm-hmm. of the macros are there um, and it just feels the maps are I don't know if more accessible is the right word but you don't have to move around and kind of ask what's that or what's this because it's on your screen you can zoom in you can zoom out it's it's a lot more hmm. it takes a lot of the it gives a lot of shortcuts and takes a lot of the um admin i guess out of the game that can slow down immersion it doesn't stop immersion in terms of being around the table I haven't like I really haven't played that many real life games I've probably less than 5% of my games have been around the table.
0: But I'm, for me... I, I'm in a similar thing, but
1: yeah. I, I guess for me, it is nice to... It's it's good for your mental health. It's a, it's a lot more social. Like, I do believe like being on calls like this and stuff helps socially, definitely massively. You've seen that a lot now with the, the way the situation is. But being in person is a bit extra to it. It's nice to have snacks and, you know, you can take a break and just connect a bit more people whereas when you're online it feels very much like right we've two and a half hours to get this game done let's try and do as much as we can we'll talk as much as we can about the game and once we say right we're done for tonight we'll have 10 minutes of friend chat for lack of a better term so around the table there's a lot more you you tend whenever i play it tends to be more of an occasion you plan it it might be once a month and you do we're, we're here for four hours we're gonna have dinner or order pizza you know there's half an hour 40 minutes around that like you get a bit more of the whole social aspect i think
0: yeah i can i think for me it's it's kind of the difference between what does it feel like to play a game when we're recording for a podcast and what does it feel just to play a game for the sheer bloody hell of it the, the sheer mm-hmm. fun and social of it and I, and I found it does feel very different
1: oh 100 percent. and like it, it's like we use stream a lot of our games live but we stopped doing it because we felt it made our product worse as a podcast. Because at least in my case, definitely, it's because I place the cheap sheet, cheap seats <laughs> and I like the attention. But I think a lot of people like you, you, they'd be reading chat and they'd be a bit distracted, so um but every time you do anything different, like I enjoy playing the games online. I like how it works. Um but it's definitely a different experience from playing around the table. And anytime you had a different set of eyes or different people, even like when we used to play at Dave's house, um, there was guys in that group that weren't, that aren't in the podcast. Um, And if Dave's wife happened to come in and have a chat or was watching, which I didn't mind or care, sometimes some people might get a bit nervous or they might feel awkward role-playing because this person wasn't in the game. And I can kind of understand how it's, they've not signed up for this silly acting we do. So like, I guess it's a D&D thing. We're all all nerds that at some point people have tried to embarrass us or bully us or laugh at what we do. And when someone else comes from outside the group, it changes that dynamic, even though Joe's Joe's wife or Dave's wife is lovely and doesn't care what we do. She's married to a dork anyway, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of that thing of like, you might feel slightly uncomfortable flirting with their partner. Under the guise of, yes, there's someone else right now, it's not them. And yet yeah. they're watching, like, and just like folding tea towels or something, just pointedly looking at their partner, like, don't you kiss him, don't you dare kiss him. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> like it's...
1: But it's, it's, it definitely takes me a second to get into, like, I can turn up on any online game and I've guests on different shows and I can fit into Ooh. the character and play it a lot easier. Yeah. Doing it around a table it takes me a second to I don't know why. It's just a bit awkward and I'm like, oh I'm a bit nervous now and I don't know why. Like going out going out for parties and going to bars and different things, I'm social outgoing, I don't get nervous. But I'm like I've only got my first set of dice, like, last May when I went to a convention and I got given free dice. So like, how do I use these? What's the like I know what a D10 is, I know what a D12 is, I know what they look like, but I can't pick them up like other people do. I have to look at it for a second and go, that's the right one. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> in my head thinking, I'm going to be found out as a fraud because I've only ever played in Roll20, really. You know, that's kind of how yeah. it works.
0: Well, in, in that case, my friend, we're both frauds. Like, <laughs> I, I'm the same. Like, less than 5% of my games I've done with people in the same room. Mm. Like, yeah, I'm... It, it, yeah, and, and I, it is somewhat different. Although, I mean, in my case, the two people in the room were my nine-year-old son and my 15-year-old nephew, and admittedly trying to be silly in front of them, it's a weird thing, because when you're a dad, you're supposed to kind of maintain just a level of, you know, authority and respect, and then suddenly I'm acting like a twit without really so, like, you know, psychoanalyzing myself yeah. in front of my son, and it's like, is this going to change how he sees me? It's like, probably, but probably for the better.
1: Yeah. It it does definitely it's it's got to change the dynamic but like, I think I think every I think there's a natural part of growing up. There's a point where you cross over from being, like my dad was my dad, and then somewhere around 12, 13, 14, when we start having more in common and, it starts being a little less, the boss. I guess you know what I mean, and not in a bad way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty true, and, and I I guess we'll see in ten years. How he how he works out,
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, are you going to judge him whether he becomes a DM or a, a player? Like, is that going to be a problem for you? Does he have to? Be, are you are you trying to get out of the DM role and build him up to that? Is it this...
0: I, I I will I will love both of my children, no matter if they choose to play or or dungeon master or or not Dungeons and Dragons. I don't I don't mind.
1: Okay, I thought there was a bug coming there for
0: a second. No, <laughs> okay. no, no, no bugs, no bugs. No I, I was, I was, I, I did, Okay, I was gonna make a joke about um, maybe something like Call of Cthulhu because that was the only other game that occurred to me. But I thought, no, I don't want to game shame people. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> no. not cool. And also, I'm talking to you, and like I just said, like my fav, some of my best memories of you were when you were playing Call of Cthulhu. So you know, at the very least, it's inconsistent.
1: I mean, it's, yeah, it's easy to fall into that game. Same thing. To be fair, I've been there myself at times, and I don't know why.
0: I don't understand it either. I mean, my my opinion is okay. I'm very happy you found something you like. That's great. Go have fun. As long yeah, as pretty... we don't bring up like... Thaco ever again. <laughs> I can't say I'm familiar. What happened in that? Uh, Okay, Thacko, or To Hit Armor Class Zero, was from 2nd Edition Advanced D&D. And Uh. it was like, you've got Armor Class Zero, and each of your characters have a Thakko, which is what you need to hit Armor Class Zero. But if something's got Armor Class Seven, you take seven away from that number. So if your Thaco oh, is nineteen and it's got an armor class of seven, you hit it on a twelve. Yeah, and then you take into account like strength and proficiency bonuses.
1: Like I, I started on three point five, so I had played one game with a guy who DM'd that, admittedly wasn't a DM and knew he was a bad DM, but just wants to get a game going. And I could see that I'd like the game, and I think I think me and Joe then played in the three point five game. We then went into the four, fourth edition, which I can see why everyone isn't a fan of it. It's kind of gamified, a bit, but like. I didn't mind it. It was fine. If like the way I play and why I like to play is, I can still RP. Hmm. It's you know, fights for me are the the worst. The worst part isn't the best way to say it, but I enjoy fighting in D and D the least, unless it's some sort of interacting with terrain and making it a bit Mm. more interesting than flanking roll to 20 i kill him you know yeah
0: no i i I would agree i'm i I think potentially if anyone's listened to enough of these well known enough that I, i i think that dungeon crawls are not the most fun
1: yeah it's like i can get how people enjoy marathons but like it's not as fun during the marathon I imagine, you know, especially not for the runners. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how like, That's how, a, that's how a dungeon crawl feels to me. Yeah, like you, you can make them interesting with traps and stuff and puzzles and different things, but yeah, crunchy Tr- isn't isn't me.
0: No, I I'm not a crunchy person either. Um, now Jacob has um, he, he's he's a buddy of mine. He plays with us quite quite like every week, and um, his question is: How do you build the characters? Do you play? Do You start with an idea for a story, or maybe start with a personality and build from that.
1: So, this is a question I've got a few times, and I'm so sorry. It would have no, no, it's because it, it, it kind of changes all the time, as weird as it sounds. Um, that makes sense, and I, n- I never know how to really answer this. Like, so my favorite characters I've played have been. I have like, three characters in, let's say on the show that I loved. The first was John B. Royce. He was a pre-gen given to me um, by Joe. These are his stats. He's a priest. Um, play him how you want to play him. And I made up his backstory about being an elaborate like, exorcist um, who worked in the Vatican but saw very much as a day job because he didn't believe in any of this miracle crap that he was meant to be proving or disproving. Mm. And he'd never seen any reason to believe of anything uh supernatural in any sense, but believed in the word of the Lord kind of thing. That's the way it was. So like it was I was given that character and I I fleshed him out and But came to the game with the story fleshed out before session one. The next one after that was McTobin, who was the character that replaced him. And he was one I designed fully and wrote the whole full story out of him, made it about he was a guy who'd been into the Irish War of Independence a lot of my history and stuff I knew and like I could have probably given you, in what I spoke through in backstory with the guys, I probably could have done two A4 pages <laughs> on the guy and then Eldon Flute was kind of similar who was a bard I had uh, again a huge backstory had big characters that Joe worked into the story that were rival bards and all this stuff and then I came to Saf and I was like I don't really know what I want for a backstory here he's a rogue his parents are alive it's like he's a halfling it was just a good way to make money they don't really mind that he robs he doesn't really rob you know maliciously for lack of a better term and I didn't have had more than that like that was the whole story I had and his whole backstory has been kind of like like in my head he was kind of a face from a team character then I miss like the first role I had in the game, I failed a role trying to sneak through a gate and I got stuck in the gate, so he became a fat guy. Like, I let the dice um, and how I would roleplay certain situations fill in my backstory. So if someone asked me a question and I didn't have an answer to it, it was like, oh, well, let's just run whatever comes out of my mouth and that kind of became a backstory. And I think, like, that's four characters probably... John B. Royce, six months removed from Mick, who was there for maybe a year or two before Eldon came along. And now a lot of my characters are more like Seth and I like filling in the blanks. Like, I'll, I'll say where they're from. I'll say if they have some sort of tragic backstory or not. And how they got into their role or, or class. Like, they studied wizardry somewhere or, you know it picks it up naturally like I'll have that loose framework and I'll let the rest kind of fill in as it feels right because I, I can't really find a character voice until I start role-playing I really struggle I say that I don't change my voice it's just how he thinks in my head and how I'd act
0: and, and please don't ever because we do
1: enjoy it <laughs> yeah it's just it's it's slightly back of the throat in my own voice that's all I've got like it's there's no point in trying with Dave and Curran in the show you know
0: Dave does do an amazing job as Bartholomew and Curran's one uh, of the only accents I can't like I just look at and say I just can't do okay sorry that was my wife pointing to no me problem. that I'm gonna to have to do ceiling stuff pretty soon so I will <laughs> um, but yeah Cur- Curran does an amazing South African accent and I'm like I can't even attempt it I'm not gonna try I, I, I give up
1: it, it like if I try any accents, it it always becomes offensive and it, it always comes to the one offensive accent. It just feels like and in my head it sounds different every time, but it gets to like it sounds like a seventies nineteen seventies comedian trying to do an ethnic voice. Like Ooh, it just feels yeah. offensive. I don't I, yeah. tend to that, do that's it. Good reason to avoid I've, it. <laughs> yeah. I've tried practicing on the commute home with just me in the car and like voice notes on. Never gets better. I even That's tried right. to like more Irish more Irish up my accent, do a different Irish accent. Nobody recognised that it was a different Irish accent other than Niall, I think, and he was like, it was a terrible Irish accent on. <laughs> you know, because Niall's <laughs> another Irish guy. So
0: Yeah. That that is yeah, that that I can definitely understand. Like I, I I'm similar in that, like I've got a couple of characters and one of them is this uh, this this lady wizard by the name of Ingridor. And I found it difficult to understand her motivations until we played a few sessions and then she really started to crystallize to me. Mm. And she is, of course, Russian because my (laughs) wife is Russian. So, you know. Um, But it is one of those things where I've found myself like, I need at least three or four sessions in this character's head to start understanding why they did this and, say, didn't, you know, get into farming or apprentice to a craft somewhere. So... No, I I, th- I I can definitely understand
1: that. Yeah, and and I think one thing that Joe is good at as well, if if cuz sometimes I will just uh, I like to write a story, not often. I won't put that much prep in, but if I do and something comes up that I don't like, um and I think you talked about this with uh Devin from Total Party Chill, but like he will let me retcon it or change it on the fly because it, it just mightn't feel right or mightn't seem right, you know. So, like I I don't like being tied down to things when I don't know. Yeah. What way he thinks, even just about basic stuff. Like what way does he, you know, hold his weapon and walk around or like, whereas now I could just start talking and have a conversation as Seth, you know, like Mm. as weird as it sounds. Yeah.
0: No, I, I understand that. And, um, yeah, my my dungeon master's kind of similar. Like I changed one of my characters his rogue archetype, and so he said, well, fair enough, but you've got to kill the character. So we actually found a way to like to make it thematic and in line. Mm. So, so sorry, I say that because some of the people I play with might be listening to this and I don't want to spoil the surprise or anything. Um, ah, okay. So Um Now now one question I've got from Tyler. Um now There is a reason he's asking this, Um, because I play with Tyler as well, and his his question is, have you ever had to flirt or seduce your GM in-game, he says, of course, but, you know, uh, if so, was it awkward afterwards? And the reason he's asking this is because we've been playing Blazers and Feelings, and my character is, you know, his goal is get with Aliens. But he is an alien, so to him... It's a noble goal, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, because he's an alien, everyone else is an alien. So, I, I deliberately... You know, we joke about it and say I deliberately did it to make him uncomfortable. Although that's just what the dice said. So, But is this something you've had to do with Joe or with anyone else?
1: Yes, I assume. <laughs> you can just I, imagine, I, I, like...
0: I... Joe or uh, Dave's wives looking over at you directly. What are you doing, Owen?
1: Yeah, i I'll to think. I've definitely had characters that have had, like, Fast Talk, or, like, like the Bard guy, El- his name was Eldon Lovelute. Like, he was meant to be, like, a frontman, solo artist-type character. But I think it was Mick Tobin. I want to say it was Mick Tobin in maybe one of the insmo games or something. When... He- do you know when you have a memory, and you're kind of thinking, is this an actual memory, or am I just making something up in my head? Because it seems like something I do. Yes. So I don't want to put this out, and then Joe go, well, "That never happened." But well, sounds like you're gonna flirt with me. But look, we'll we'll tell the story anyway. That I think may or may not have happened.
0: I, I, I appreciate it. Like
1: I I remember, it must have been a Call of Cthulhu game. We were looking to go to a library, and something happened, and um, there was some sort of young library clerk or. Like a college student who was either like a guard or like a chaperone to this area of the library, mm. and Kern had a character, and he went into, um, just deceive her and lie to her, didn't work. I think Finn went in to try and intimidate her into letting him see it, didn't work, or maybe Spencer did, mm. and then I went in with just the charm, but like I i don't think i find it awkward to do it with anyone um definitely not anyone in our group because i can when i roleplay. I i don't see it as joe talking about it unless it's like a really weird like dave does a southern bell accent that's very good but he makes it very sultry and sexy that might get a bit too weird too real (laughs) but but when i when i talk to him i don't i don't see it as the person i definitely see it as a character yeah and i could see me doing it in other games like um places i've guested and stuff but very much it would have to be safety mechanics discussed beforehand um i do think i'd be worried about doing it i want to phrase this the right way so it doesn't come off out, off wrong it's a different dynamic when it's um guy-guy, I think, for me. Because I don't want to feel like I've intimidated anyone or made anything inappropriate, and it's too easy for me to not understand how vulnerable a lady can feel um, in situations where she doesn't know the guy, because they've dealt with that all their life. So I wouldn't feel as comfortable trying to flirt with a female character run by a female player or DM. Just because they deal with that shit all the time in their real life of people hitting on them and it being creepy and I don't want to cross that line. I don't even don't want to even mess with it, you know? I wouldn't want to put them in an awkward situation. Even when we've discussed safety mechanics, I just would be worried about me saying something insensitive or not realizing how it's coming across, you know?
0: Mm. No, no, no. I, I think that's very, very... I, I think that's an admirable standpoint because... And, and I think it's also, like, one of the strong parts of our hobby where we can say, look, the reason we have safety cards and tools in place is so we can all be a little bit more open and a bit more vulnerable, but in a good way with each other. But also knowing, well, hey, you come to the... We all come to this game to get away from stuff. You know, mm. as, as Terry Pratchett said, it's not what you're escaping from, it's what you're escaping to. And what we're escaping to is a, a world where we can make a difference and feel powerful and be a hero. And the last thing you want to do is bring in outside garbage that people have got to go through every day and say, hey, deal with it here as well. And it's like, no, so I, I think that's a, a really good way to be.
1: Yeah, and I, and I would say the example that I may or may not have imagined up in my mind with Joe, and I think most of the time whenever I do have to do something flirty, it would be very much in the guise of a wholesome, almost like the fans... Danny Zuko kind of, hey, how are you doing, yeah. wink, and and that's it kind of thing, you know? As opposed to, hey, baby, you know? Like, I'm not going to go full <laughs> <creep> ball. <laughs> There's me doing an accent. That's as good as it gets. <laughs> yeah.
0: So not only do we have your, look, I don't do this, but here's a reason why I don't do this. <laughs>
1: there you go. That's exactly yeah. it. How offensive and stereotypical can I get? That's it. There it goes. Yes.
0: No, look, I, I think that makes sense. Like I said, and I mean, I'm... I'm in a position where I'm considering attempting to ship one or two of my characters um, with a couple of NPCs or something, but we, we even had discussions before we sat down at the table. This is going to be stuff that may be in the game. If we, if anyone ever feels not okay about stuff, we'll all take five minutes, to step back and we'll, we'll, we'll retcon things or we'll change things. So I think that's, I think that's good. I think that's, and it's a good understanding as well. Like you've, said that you've known Joe some time so both of you have an understanding of the social mechanics and the social interplay behind uh, between you I should say rather so I, I imagine yeah. you know he, he knows that you're not hitting on him
1: yeah well, and maybe after a couple of pints uh, yeah I was, I was thinking no I was just thinking if we're out for a few drinks I might just make a, jo- like a joke and hit on him like and, and flirt with him stupid just stupid friend stuff yeah. but um, I think the only person we've ever had really flirt with any npc or pc with any what's the word I'm looking for intense um effort let's put it that way i don't i, I was going to, going to say something just incorrect but was dave and he was doing it with an npc with his character and an npc he played so dave effectively pulled himself and that's like that's way creepier than me flirting with Joe or Dave flirting with Joe. It was, it was so weird. It was so weird. We all, we all felt uncomfortable and Dave knew we felt uncomfortable. It, like, uncomfortable is that the right? Word? Like, it was awkward, it wasn't inappropriate and Dave was having a lot of fun but making us squirm. Let's put it that way. Pig <laughs> was in Mr. Corbett's house if you want to listen guys. It's, it's, it, it's, a, it's a trip. It's a very short trip but it's a trip.
0: I, I, will, I will have to go back and listen to that, but I would have definitely assumed Dave would be the kind of person to do that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So. Excellent. Um, now, Tyler has one more question, um, and I've got one last question after that, which is the question I always ask. Um, his mm-hmm. question is, um, how long does it take to record a campaign? We, um You, you guys forever. are still going we, with Curse of Strahd, and it doesn't look like there's an end in sight.
1: We don't do it quick at all. We are edited up to episode seventy four, of Curse of Strahd, and we're doing it every second week at the moment with Two-headed Serpents. So Curse of Strahd has been going like two years now, maybe. Mm, I think at least actually that, yeah. Um, Two-headed Serpent is going probably a year eighteen months. It looks they're talking about it already being another year. We have a an amazing way in how we roll of making things last longer but I think it's because how we play like we have full-blown conversations that don't really progress anywhere other than fill out the characters in our minds to help us rp p- later but also rather than a feeling like how I compare it to like a sitcom rather than a feeling like a three camera this is clearly on a sound studio type of sitcom it kind of fills it out a bit more to be a bit more like immersive like a film I guess for lack of a better term Um, like we're playing a game at the moment called Amid the Ancient Trees um, with Matt from The Good Friends of Jackson and Elias and we thought we'd have it done in two recording sessions Um, we've done the second recording session now which I think is probably going to be six episodes between the two of them and we're maybe getting to halfway (laughs) and it feels like we've accomplished nothing We've got a hell of a lot of characters and interplay and a lot of story out of each other. Feels like we've got none of the story now. Matthew assures us we're, we're pottering along at, it at a nice pace, but God, I feel like now I enjoy it. But we we are not effective. I I couldn't tell you how long it takes to record a campaign because we've not finished one. I guess I don't think that's, we have. <laughs> not a, a problem. That's pretty
0: but but for good reason, and that's that's excellent.
1: Yeah, like the original Cthulhu stuff we did was a series of one shots strung together with a continuous set of characters and story and and it became like a saga campaign but like each of those one shots were like 10 and 12 episodes long so Mm. which are meant to be done in 2 and 3 hours like you know we have 45 minute episodes so we break GMs we break games we, we 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 We're the equivalent of the guys in a computer game that go to every box and every wall and press X over and over and over and over, yes. basically. You know, yes. try to find stuff.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> that, that sounds very familiar. Excellent. Now, um, one, one last question, and this is my standard question that I ask everyone. What, what, what do you do to take care of yourself? Like, what what's your self-care routine?
1: So I was I was listening to a few of your episodes. Like, you actually talked to a lot of guys I've talked to and I realized this became a regular thing and I thought about it <laughs> and honestly not a huge amount historically I guess for lack of a better term and even, even lately um, not that I'm neglectful to it but I for whatever reason have A stupid level of self-confidence. And I put it down to a great job that my parents did. I had a great childhood. And they... Like, my mom pushed... Not pushed. That sounds terrible. My mom made us. That's better, right? (laughs) No, my mom... mom had us go to um, speech and drama. Elocution lessons, some people call it. Okay. Like, I was a real shy, nervous kid. um, Up at the age of 12 or 13. And she had us do this where you go and you do little acting things and... It's the equivalent of learning piano where you do grades. They get you grades and different things. Mm. And I don't know, I did it for four or five years. I never saw the value and I hated it and I fought her on it. And it was only when I got to kind of 15, 16, I was like, oh, I'm really outgoing and confident now. And I think it's because of all those awkward situations that I trained in doing that stuff. Mm. Um, so in terms of taking care of myself, I've never, to my knowledge, really been very... Um, under pressure or struggled mentally i've moving over to england had a little bit where i kind of wasn't going out to make friends as much as i would in ireland but that was a month of kind of finding my feet getting to know the place um and then lately in the last maybe three months I've started to try and get out and do a bit of running. Maybe I was going to say once a week. It's probably once every two weeks to get, do a decent five k run kind of training. That's pretty um, good running. It's it's not bad. Like it's as much to to keep the waistline down as anything else, but it's just to uh, it just washes away when you're when if you don't do it, it build like it'll build up in the back of your mind just a bit of tension and stress, and you start making mountains out of molehills and thinking stuff at work is more important than it is um and that's really it like i don't really make enough effort to take care of myself compared to breach my fiance, who would be very cogn- cognizant of her mental health and stuff um mm. she does a lot but i guess that's really it although i am very open like i overshare with everyone <laughs> like I, I i would know someone Four and five days, and i was i like I don't care what they know about me generally, so like if I think something's if I want to talk about something I'll talk about something with someone you know and i'm I guess that helps, so I guess I'm dealing with it and not realizing it in that kind of way so it's yeah. not built no, up. i
0: i can I can definitely understand that sounds like i'm really entitled i
1: i've I've had dark days and tough times it's just they never stay with me for long.
0: I don't, I don't think why. that's I don't think that's entitled. I think it's just you probably have like a really good set of habits, but you've just never sat down and thought, hey, wait a sec, I've actually got a really good set of habits. It's just you've already got it kind of programmed in. So that's cool.
1: Yeah, and like like I said, like I have a crazy confidence and like a lot of a lot of people when they explain to me when they're feeling down or under pressure, it's like they compare themselves to other people. And I learned like when I was very young like f- six maybe younger a brother or a friend of mine bullied me but like he was a seven-year-old kid like he didn't really know any better and I kind of realized growing up that I found out later he was bullied and I was kind of like everyone kind of has the same problem they compare themselves against someone else no matter who they are so I kind of my way of dealing it is just kind of logically thinking through it look that person is comparing their life to someone else that's better than that, and all in all, I don't really have it that bad, even at the worst of times, you know.
0: Yeah, that's it. It sounds like you're pretty well scented, you know? know.
1: That's cool. I I guess yeah. Watch now as a news story comes out of me having some horrendous <laughs> breakdown or something. <laughs> no, um, like yeah, like even like, at the moment, like the world is stressful for everyone. Like I'm working in a a medical device company that in February 30,000 units less were sold because of what was happening in China March just finished and based on rough conservative estimates I'd make myself if there was that much not sold to China we're probably 100,000 units across the rest of the markets we're now furloughed for two weeks we've been told we're coming back at a reduced capacity who knows and look that's going to be tough financially but Breach has a secure job from what we believe to be a secure job as much as anything can be secure today. And we have a bit of savings that if we live on bread and water for the next year, we can pay our rent and we're we're going to be okay. We'll figure something out. So, like, it is stressful if you sit and think about how bad it could be, but, like, at the end of the day, we'd survive it, you know?
0: So, so in other words, more people should join your Patreon and uh, watch you when you stream <laughs> and, and give you the bits and whatnot?
1: Yeah, like, if they want to do that, they can do that. I'm just happy for people to be watching me. I'm like, my ego is that big that... I just feel the uh, the emotional bank balance more than anything else. So just give me attention, guys. Send me a tweet <laughs> saying you like me. Is better? I mean, I'd love five dollars or euros, but like, I'm in it for the I'm in it for the personal uh,
0: vanity. Excellent. Um, Owen, thank you very very much for your time. Um, this is this has been really great. I get to talk to one of my heroes. So thank you.
1: You, in my head, you should aim higher. I mean, I'm a dumb <laughs> kid making, make making penis jokes and bad puns, Dad jokes. <laughs> um, you clearly I appreciate it, to no, what I appreciate because
0: we we—that's exactly what we do. So,
1: um, I, I, I heard, I heard you open on so many pun jokes, and I'm not sure which one it was. I think it might have been, it, it might have been James. um Intracasco. might have You opened up with a great pun, and like. You start apologizing. No, I don't apologize. That's a, that's a brilliant pun. But it's the kind of pun where people go, oh, okay. That's the perfect pun chef kiss. Thank you. <laughs> the one that hurts people in the chest. That's, that, what, that, that's, that's what I am. That's for. how
0: I stay healthy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I exactly. hurt people. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, Owen, where can people find you and all your work if they haven't guessed yet?
1: Uh, if you want to check us out, guys, um, we have howwerollpodcast.com. You can also find us on Spotify in any podcast catcher. Um, if you want to talk to me directly, I'm at How We Roll Own. Own is spelled E O G H A N because Irish spellings. Um, if you want to catch up with me or any other crew, we also have a Discord, which is pinned on my Twitter. So you'll have to drop me a follow and then you can jump in there. And then randomly, I just stream. City Computer Games I Find Entertaining on twitch.tv forward slash HWR podcast.
0: Excellent. Oh, that's me. And um, people can go check me out on um, Nerdy People D&D. Uh, we have two actual play podcasts um, and we do this, which is a lot of fun. So, yeah, gonna...
1: check out his other interviews, they're great. Oh, thank you. With, with, with people he should actually have as heroes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you again. No for having buddy. It was great fun.